1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com You're listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, hey, 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 we're here. What, episode eight, New Ryan? Episode eight of the Hunting Land Man podcast. We're getting to be old pros at this thing. We want to thank Southern Ag Credit for being our title sponsor of this thing. I deal with these folks every day and our host deals i mean our guest deals with them a lot too i'm actually uh ryan wascom and i old ryan are buying our place in missouri this week he's up there hunting now and yes i didn't get to go and as always southern ag credits is, is helping us right now we've got three or four deals working with them thank them so much for being a sponsor of the hunt land man podcast and always thank taking good care of our clients today we've got a special podcast and a special guest scott campbell with United Country, he's been one of the employees over there, what, almost since day one, no, Scott? Since 2002, I believe. So that was the year I graduated high school, if I want to date myself a little <laughs> bit. But uh, Scott is, um, you know, he's one of our top realtors year in, year out. I think he was the first employee at United Country, and it was Gibson Realty then, then now Southern States Realty. And Scott you know, is exceptional, extremely uh, professional at what he does. And what we're going to talk about and what the title of today's episode is, is how to choose your realtor. Um, You know, we've taken you through financing. We've taken you through picking the spot. You know, we've talked about deer and, you know, and selling property in Missouri. We've done a little bit of everything. But I think this is a really good topic to talk about is how to choose your realtor. Because, it, of course, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've already chosen one of us. But if you hadn't, and you don't choose us or you're listening in an area that we don't service, you need to be smart about how you choose your realtor. And, hey, we'd love you to choose a uh, Realtor United Country agent or a United Country agent, but, you know, there's great agents that work for every company in our area and every area, and you need to do your research. And that's what me and Scott are going to talk about today. Well, Scott, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Slade. I really appreciate you having me tonight. We just cooked some mighty fine inch and a quarter ribeyes that were really good, so we may get a little sleepy towards the end of the podcast, but we're going to dive right into this thing. Uh, Scott and I kind of did some preliminary talks today. Uh, Scott lives in Macomb, uh, does a lot of housing, uh, lots, commercial, uh, small residence, and he does a lot of land like, like I do too, so he's got he's got a hold of a little bit of everything. As you know, I don't hardly do any any houses scott in fact if i get i got a piece of commercial ground last year and i immediately said i told the 
the client, I said, I'd be doing you a disservice if I listed it. So I, I referred it over to Scott, and he's taking good care of that client. Um, something that Scott talked about as soon as the, one of the first things when I asked Scott what we want to put on this list of things to talk about, and I'm going I'm to hint on it, and I'm going to let Scott take it from there. Scott said, hey, one of the first things that a um, that you need to know when you're looking into a realtor is are they a full-time realtor? And Scott, I'll let you take that from there. Yeah, absolutely, Slade. You know, a lot of people don't realize that uh, there are a lot of part-time real estate agents out there and um, not not to say anything bad about those folks, but it, when you're looking for a realtor, I really, really think that you should look for someone that's 100% involved in what they're doing. You want somebody that, that eats, drinks, sleeps, real estate, 24 hours a day that they're going to be on top of it. If somebody calls about your property, you want somebody that's going to be able to answer the phone, that's going to be knowledgeable, and it's going to be able to get back to them quickly. And they're not going to be concerned with another job or another uh, something else that may be going on in their life. And I couldn't agree more with what Scott has to say. You know, uh, I, I use this all the time is when I wake up in the morning uh, you can watch me on my Instagram. If I'm not turkey hunting, the first thing I'm waking up and doing in the morning is I'm talking about and thinking about living, breathing, just like Scott said, selling real estate. And if nothing against a part-time realtor, it's, you know, we ha- kind of have a low barrier for entry into the real estate business. And what I mean by that is you go, anybody can go take take the class, take the test, and you become a realtor. Um, that's good and bad. Uh, it's a great business to get into as a side business or whatever, but most of the time, and Scott will agree with this, a lot of times, our, our, most of the time, our clients are selling their most valuable asset, their home. Absolutely. Or their land or their investment land or whatever. And if you're going to sell the most valuable asset you're going to have, you want to deal with a professional. And Scott, I'm going to let you touch on this. We didn't talk about this earlier, but... As you know, and it happens all the time, well, my cousin's a realtor or my niece is a realtor. How, how would you suggest somebody getting around that if maybe they're in-laws or whatever? And this is a touchy subject. You know, how would you get around that? What would you say to that client? <laughs> now, and Asa's saying hello. Hey, Asa. We had a little pause delay. We got Asa, Asa in here on the podcast. She's, she's coming in to give us some good advice. She's the, the hunting land girl right there. Well, you know, that, that is a touchy subject. And I don't, really, I don't really know exactly how to approach that. But I will tell you this. If, you, if you're a client and, and you tell me, well, my cousin or my sister or brother, whatever, is a real estate agent. Still, you want, like Slade said earlier, you you know that you're going to be selling or buying one of the, the, the most important assets in your life. And, and you have to ask yourself this question, is this person that is going to be guiding me along in this process, first of all, do, do, do they know the process? Is this their main focus in life? Um, are they... Do they, do they do the things that need to be done to get your property sold and to advertise it correctly and all of those things? Because there's so many details, and people don't realize this, there's so many details that go along with uh, marketing a property. And, and one of the first things that, that we do when we go to list a property and we get ready to put it on the market is to take photos. 
And a lot of people do not realize how important it is to make sure that the photos that you are putting out there properly represent the property that's there. I've had instances before where someone may, they, they didn't want to go look at a certain property. I had this happen just recently, about four or five months ago. They didn't want to go look at this property. It was perfect. It was exactly what the, this couple was looking for. And I had seen it in person. But the 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 pictures and the photos that this agent had put on online did not represent the property at all. You you could not even see the house in, in the pictures because of, the, of the, the lighting and things. So they actually went and looked at the property, bought the property, and bought it for well under market value because of the fact that nobody was really looking at it because it wasn't presented right. So your agent needs to be aware of those things, and they need to market your property just like it was their own property. And Scott's talking, you know, he just mentioned about on basically the selling side about taking the pictures. But what I picked up out of what he just said was he's a knowledgeable agent. He was representing a buyer in that situation. Absolutely. A local expert, which most agents are in their market or the good agents are, he knew that that property fit their bill. So Scott Lindsay sat in the same seat you're sitting in, and we talked about, you know, how to pick the spot. And, and, you know, the different kind of, Scott's office is across the hall from mine. So I hear most of his conversation and he hears most of mine. And, you know, it's the same thing. What are you looking for? What's your budget? And, you know, if you have a five minute conversation with somebody, hear their goals and their things, you can help. And, and whether it's your listing or somebody else's listing, look, Scott's job, of course, we're going to represent our clients well and try to sell our listings. But if we know that another property fits it, we're going to get you in that door or in that property or in that gate. And uh, so as a buyer, a local expert, just like the couple he referenced, he knew that that property fit their bill and he sold it to him and a good job on that. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, you, your, your brother-in-law or such and such, you know, and that's a family deal and that, that's tough to get around. And, you know, basically, I know Scott's like this. I'm like this. We like to be the best in our field. Everybody likes to work with their best in their field. And if you're going to be, if you're going to sell the most valuable asset, we're going to say this again. You need to use somebody that's a full time realtor, knows what they're doing, and is a professional about what they're doing. Speaking of that, something Scott and I talked about earlier. You know, all's good and grand whenever the agent uh, will do it for cheap and they sell your property fast and everything goes good. And that happens sometimes. That's not the ones we remember. Right. No, we don't remember those. No. The, there, look, in this business, there can be problems. There can be title problems. There can be financing problems. There can be inspection problems. And if you're dealing back to the full-time realtor thing like Scott, Scott, I'm going to ask you this. How much and what can go wrong? And what do people not realize that can go wrong in a real estate transaction? Well, there, that's a long list. That's a very long list, and there's there's probably uh, less things that can't go wrong than than there are that can, because there's a lot of things that can go wrong, and you have to be prepared for them. And and some of the main things is you know there could always be a hiccup with financing. There could all and the main thing that I deal with because I do deal with a lot of residential properties more so than than Slade does, but 
is I say I really negotiate the deal twice because you first negotiate the deal on the on the buying end, but the second time around is when they have that home inspection done, which every buyer nowadays pretty much does, no matter what. They're going to have that home inspection done, and you're going to have to be able to first of all explain to that buyer, okay, you're buying a a a, a, a piece of a building or or something that's man made, so it's going to have problems. You've got to explain to them that how they go about that process and what they're going to be looking for. And then you've got to be able to explain to your seller too on the other side, okay, look, this this window is cracked or this is not working properly. You're going to have to get this fixed for this for this buyer because nobody else is going to buy the same way. So you have to you have to know how to balance that. It's a balancing act and it's a it's a negotiation process all over again just as is the the price that you start off with. What Scott's talking about, the home inspection, you know, we do this on our big hunting properties, too. Anytime there's a camp involved, you know, there's a home inspection process. We have our inspectors that go out. We have good relationships because we're full-time realtors with these home inspectors. And Scott will tell you this. I'm, we're sitting in a basically brand-new house. A home inspector can come in here, and he'll find all kinds of things wrong. And don't matter if they're, they're always going to find something. I had 23 items on a brand-new construction the other day. Brand new construction. We don't want to mention that builder. <laughs> and I don't even know who it was, but I know we don't want to mention them. But so something Scott said that I caught on, Scott said negotiating with the seller. So a lot of times if you're representing a buyer, Scott, you're negotiating with that other agent. Absolutely. And the, that's the other thing. You, you never know. You may be, if you're in a situation where you're just representing one side of the deal, you're negotiating with the other agent. So that, that, you have to be professional. You have to get all the, the documentation and everything to that agent on what the problem may be. And and it doesn't have to be just on the inspection side. A lot of, a lot of times you have property boundary disputes. You have to know how to get that situated. There was an instance not too long ago where we had to um, negotiate an easement for someone that, that uh, had a landlocked property they were trying to sell. Um, there's just... So many things out there that are involved. There's so many moving parts. Financing. If if you don't send your buyer to the right person to loan them the money, you you may not get the deal closed. Uh, you've got to know which ones can get the job Especially done. Especially in this market. And which ones can get it done quickly and efficiently. And so you need to send them to the right place. And I tell my sellers a lot of times, you know, if, if a if someone is approved, the, the buyer is approved, who they are approved with because of, of me knowing each each one makes a big difference. And so what Scott's talking about, about things that can go wrong, you know, so let's say tomorrow you come in, you're buying a piece of land from me or a house from Scott or commercial, whatever. We're going to be helping you write that contract. And so Doing and dealing with a professional, and Scott and I are not the only two options out there. There's great agents that work in every market. If that agent is part-time or just started doing it or doesn't know what they're doing, you know, if they write that contract wrong or, or, or as far as days on the, you know, you know, days to close, dealing especially with, with the market we have right now, or they're dealing with the wrong bank, or 
they don't have a good enough relationship with these closing attorneys, title companies, or these banks. Scott will tell you, we'd sell a lot of property. And these banks, these closing attorneys, we know them, have their cell phone numbers, and it's important. When things come up at 7 o'clock at night and you need something, we can get these people on the phone a lot of times. Not that we want to, but if we have to, we can. And if you're not dealing with somebody who wrote that contract right, maybe he said, like I know right now, if he said, hey, we'll close this deal in 30 days, everything better happen perfect right now. The market's crazy hot. Every inspector's backed up. Every surveyor's backed up. You know, if there's every attorney's backed up. So if if they don't know these things because they're not heavily in this market doing it every day, what that can happen is towards the end of the deal, that seller out there, Maybe saying, all right, we're closing. We're closing on the first, right on Friday. Well, no, this didn't happen. You could very well have your earnest money at stake. You could very well lose out on the property because emotions, it shouldn't, but it does. You know, a lot of times this is a somebody's home they grew up in or grandma's house or whatever. And there's so much emotion that goes into these things. And people make, we're making business decisions, Scott and I, because we're, we're in this all day, every day, but it's hard to tell a seller or a buyer to take emotion out of this thing. And so these emotions get high, and people get fed up. And they throw their hands up, and I hear them in Scott's office, and he's heard in mine. People get upset over things that shouldn't upset them. But if you handle it right on the front end, if you have realistic expectations for buyers and sellers, you know, you can just smooth these things out a lot much. And if you're confident, and somebody told me today, they said, Slate, you sound so confident on this video, some video I did on a piece of property. And I said, well, this is what I do all day, every day. I'm confident in what I say. I know Scott's confident in what he says, too. So if you're confident and listen, I promise you, Mr. Seller, Mr. Buyer, give me three or four days. We'll get this little issue tight, and we'll close next Tuesday, and everything be good. If we take this off the market, you know, this may be 30 or 45 days before you get back on the market at best. So knowing those things and being confident behind what you say because you're professional makes such a big difference. You know, and we have the, we mentioned earlier, you know, we don't remember the easy ones. And we hear the horror stories from bad realtors and things that happen. And, and you just feel so bad for these people sometimes they didn't know any better. Uh, Scott and I were talking earlier, there's something like 75 to 80% of of clients deal with the first realtor they talk to. And I think that's a mistake. I'd love if they talk to talk to me first, but certain things, Scott, I want to talk about. Um, You're a a buyer seller. You're getting ready to choose your realtor. Um, Let's say you're taking, I'm not, I, I don't know anybody. I don't know who to use. Where are you searching? How are you searching and what you're looking for? Well, the first thing I guess I would look at is um, I, I'd want to get look at read some reviews maybe on different websites that this that this realtor may have, may have or may not have. Look them up on Facebook. Look them up on whatever social media platform they're advertising on, and that people will tell you what kind of experience that they had with that agent. So I, I would I would start with that. And then I would also want to know how long they've been in the business. I would definitely want to know whether they're full-time or not. We talked about that earlier. But <clears throat> I'd want to know how many transactions they do in a year and, and, and just kind of fill them out to see what uh, to what kind of agent that they are. And also the other thing, too, it, if you're selling, and you and I have talked about this, if, if you're going to sell a certain type of property, 
say it's a, a big land track or a hunting hunting type property, you want to talk to a real estate agent that deals with that type of property that's an expert in that, that does a lot of that. So check their records, see what they do. If you're going to be selling a home on 20 acres or 30 or whatever, you need to talk to somebody that sells a lot of homes like the property you have for sale. Because every person kind of has their niche that what they like to do and what they work in. So that's that's one of the things that I would do. Make sure that that agent is um, good at the type of property that you're trying to sell or buy. All all good things. I, I, when you, you know, if you look somebody up on social media, you can usually figure out who they are. They're going to tell you if you scroll far enough down in that feed. Look at their websites. Go to their personal websites. Don't just look at their stuff. Look at third party like your realtor.com or Zillow or, you know, in my in my world, the land watches and things. See what they're listing. What they're, You want somebody that's good at their job and is aggressive. And, and one thing I would mention, too, is if you're interviewing an agent and that just say you're just, for example, just say you're going to sell your, your home and you're interviewing an agent. Well, you've, you you Go to that agent's other listings, look at their listings, read their ads, look at their photographs, see where those listings are being advertised at, see what sites they're being put on. Because if you can't find that agent's listings, then odds are they're not going to be able to find your listing whenever you list it with them. And this is not hard to do. What Scott just said, and when he meant go find them, he meant on, on online. So if you hit Google search or your Bing search or social media or whatever, and you can't find those agents, problem one. Um, and and literally in the same amount of time you sat down at night and scrolled through your social media, within five minutes you should be able to, to figure this thing out. And definitely talk to talk to these people. You know, uh, if you don't get me on the phone, it's because I'm on the other line. You know, get somebody that, that responds and, and, and does a good job. And, and and you also, this is something to note on the other side. A good agent is going to be a busy agent. If an agent, every time you call them, can be there in five minutes, it's probably because they don't have a lot going on. And I speak for personals. You know, if, if somebody wants to look at a property the rest of this week, I'm sorry, I'm booked. And so a good agent is going to be a busy agent. So understand that. And that's the same with a good surveyor or a good title attorney or anything like that. Good people at their job are going to be busy at the job. And that's what you want because you want them involved in that market. You want them, you know, the thing about it is if it's a land business or a housing business, I guarantee you that all the people that are looking for land in my phone right now are on Scott Lindsay's or other agents' phones too and the same with houses you know the same clients are floating around and we a lot of we all talk to them and the real estate agents you know we talk to each other constantly you want somebody that's involved in the market yeah 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 i seen that house that stewart's got listed that's a nice house we need to go look at that you need somebody that knows this stuff like the back of their hand and if it's a problem property if, if the client says look i want to go look at such and such property or house or camp or whatever it is and say listen I'm not trying to downgrade that property, but I've already been there. It looks better. You know, you said something earlier. You said the pictures represent the property. You didn't say it made it look good. You said it represented. And I told, I've been teaching new Ryan about how to take pictures. I said, Ryan, we can't always take pictures of the best stuff. If it's got some ugly cut over, we may not put as many pictures of that, but we've got to represent it. Right. Um, you know, if there's a, uh, it, it, you know, you just, you got to do a good job of representing the property because I heard somebody say it one time, and I thought it was rude at first, but I I don't need any practice showing property. If it's got an ugly house beside it, you might as well get in the pictures, because guess what? When they get there, they're going to see it. 
Who this coffee's tasting good? <laughs> you did well, a good job with that, Slate. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, well, let's talk about some. Oh yeah, something we didn't mention: their company. Uh, Scott, how much do you think that the company, like we work for a national franchise company, and I know a little bit of this answer because I've talked to you about it before, but how much does their company and the people they work with, does that weigh on your decision? Like if, if you work for a United Country or a mom and pop or, or Century 21, does that matter to you? I mean, a lot of people I know like in the cities and stuff, they love a Keller Williams or a Remax, the balloon. What you tell me? Well, I would say that, it, you know, it, it does matter some, and it, it because – the company that you work with, you, you really can be no better than the company that you work with. So each company offers each agent different tools and different things that they can work with to to help them better themselves and to help them market uh, their, their properties better. And so I would say that's a, that, that is a big concern because dealing with, for example, with United Country, we have a lot of tools that, that maybe some other agents don't have. We have great support staff in our office. We spend a lot of money every month on advertising that maybe some other agents or don't their offices don't spend as much. So, yes, that is a big part of it. But then on the other hand, also it in some situations you you may have a go getter agent that that spends a lot of their own money that does a lot of stuff and a lot of advertising behind the scenes that that you don't know about. So just you know the the company's not everything, but I would say that it does make a big difference because that that agent that that's with a company that's going to have all those tools, they are going to be able to do more because they're going to have the funds backing them. Scott, I'll ask you this, and we'll, we'll we're just going to touch on this because we're going to do a whole podcast on it at another time. Um, People do this all the time, and, 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 and Scott's in this space, and I don't know if he ever thought about that, but I know Scott gets aggravated if somebody else gets a listing he should have. And then New Ryan will tell you, I get frustrated, and it's because we believe we're our client's best option. And when you get to a space like that in any, you know, if you're a tire chain shop and you say we do the best job, you get aggravated when somebody goes somewhere else because you know that you're providing the best service. All right, and what do we know about the best service, Scott? And and where, this is where I'm headed is um, a good agent's busy, so give him a break. He's going to be busy. It may take him a day or it may take him an hour to call you back on the phone. What also is a good agent that, and we're going to just barely touch on that, if, if, if somebody calls you, Scott, and says, all right, uh, you know, such and such agent said they'll do it for this. And we won't talk numbers, but, you know, everybody says, oh, what's real estate called 6%? That's what people think. Uh, just give me a little bit on that. Just give me a little bit on, on, you know, good agents, good agents are good agents are cheap is I guess where I'm going with this. Well, let me just say this. If you go down to the, uh, car, car dealership today and you buy a Denali, you're going to pay a lot more money for it than you are. If you go buy a, and I don't even, I don't even want to say the worst kind of car there is out there, but Kia. a Kia or whatever, a, a low end car. And <clears throat> The, the Denali is going to be a lot nicer. You're going to get a lot more things. It's going to have a better ride. It's going to do this and do that where the other car does not. So I tell everybody all the time when they talk to me, I said, look, I, this is what I charge. Um, I'm not a discount realtor. I, I don't, you know, if, if you have to do something for a cheap, cheap price, then you probably, that may be all you have to offer. So 
I try to offer everything that I can give to somebody. And I tell you what, I t- there's Ace again. She's coming to see us. Um, what I try to do is I try to, to treat my clients. And I tell them, this, this is what I tell them. If you list your house with me, I, I'm going to treat you just like I would my dad or my mom or my brother or my sister or myself. So if I'm going to market your property for you, I'm going to do everything to sell it that I would if I were trying to sell it myself. I treat it just like it's mine. I treat it just like it's my place that I'm selling. And so that's what I tell people because I'm very passionate about what I do. Buyer client, if I'm looking for, a, um, if the buyer is, is, is looking for a certain type of property, I am going to do the same thing for that buyer as I would if I were looking for that property for myself. And that passion, that's that's what, I, you t- if you talk to a good agent, and we talk to other good agents in our sphere of influence all the time, you talk to a good one, you can hear that passion pretty fast about, you know, the drive of getting the deal done, and it's fun. I mean, we, we enjoy what we do, we may cuss it sometimes, but we enjoy what we do, and and it really is, you know, we talk about this being your most valuable asset, and, uh, you know, if if it's going to be your most valuable asset, you definitely don't want to go with the cheapest bidder. Um, what I tell my clients all the time, I said, at the end of the day, I really feel like we pay for ourselves. If we're negotiating this much more, we put in who's paying for what in the commissions on the, I mean, on, on the uh, closing costs. You know, at the end of the day, I think we pay for ourselves and good service does cost more. You know, if you go to a night, those steaks we ate in there earlier, they probably cost a little bit more than the ones that are on the left side of the shelf, but guess what? They were darn good. <laughs> but uh, and so you know, I tell my clients all the time: we try to provide a Cadillac dealership, not a Kia, and it just costs more. It costs more and more to do the advertising. It costs more to have more secretaries. Scott and I both have a secretary, which our wives, and also I've got new Ryan, and we've got other staff at the office. It costs a little more to do that, but at the end of the day. We're going to provide you a better service. We're going to negotiate better for you. And that's my next point on the commission deal. The same agent that said he'll do it for cheap, remember, he's going to be negotiating for you when he gets that offer. So you don't want, he's not going to, if he's not going to negotiate any better for his family, he's definitely not going to negotiate for your family. So something to think about. I'm going to have a whole podcast on this at another time. And and nothing against people that do it for cheap to each their own. Um, We try to provide a better service and we don't compete on price, we compete on value. And I, I think that's really, really important. Um, okay, here's something I had wrote down. I thought I almost missed this one. All right, Scott, I'm getting ready to sell my house, my land, you name it. I inherited this property. Um, why do I need you, man? They got they got sites everywhere. I can post. Hey, Facebook Marketplace. I bought a bush hog on there last week. I saw some real estate on there. Why wouldn't I just do that and save six, seven, eight percent, whatever it is? Well, it kind of goes back to everything that we've kind of talked about tonight. There, first of all, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. You got to have somebody that knows how to navigate those waters. And also, especially in this market today, you have got to price your property where it needs to be. You, you want to price it to where it will bring the most for that seller that it can without pricing it out of the market. And if you get a professional real estate person involved in that, that knows what they're doing, they're going to be able to tell you how to get the most value out of that property. And they're going to be able to guide you and put it in the right places that is going to bring the buyers in 
that will be able to afford it and will be able to buy the property that are qualified. There's just there there's hundreds of things that go on in a property transaction that you don't realize. It's not just easy. I I'm gonna tell you a lot of times if I go and this is an example. I see this all the time. <clears throat> If I go to, to, to list somebody's property and that person did a private transaction when they bought it, a lot of times I get a little bit nervous because I don't know. Okay, I'm thinking to myself, did they overpay for it? Did, the, did they overpay or did what did they do in the beginning that, that, that may have um, made this harder now on them that they didn't do in the beginning? So you, you need somebody that's seen all of the things that can happen. Uh, you need somebody that that can see a problem before it comes and know what to do. A lot of times I, I find myself um, telling clients things because I know I, I've heard them say something and I kind of know what they're thinking and I will tell them something. to You know, you said you were going to do this. But I'm going to advise you not to do that because if you do that, here's what's going to happen because I've seen it happen before. So you need that person that's been there, done that. You know, I, I was thinking the other day, I, I've been in the real estate business since 2002. No, actually since 1998. I've been with United Country uh, since 2002. And I, I was wondering the other you day. You one of those part-time agents, were you, for a little while? Actually, I was. <laughs> And, and we can so go back and talk knows. about that later. But, yeah, I, I was. And I became a full-time agent because I got laid off from my other job. So I, I became a full-time agent the hard way. And uh, I had to get out there and make it happen. And uh, it, it worked out for me. But um, uh, you made me lose my train of thought there with that slate. Where was I at? Let me see. You were uh, – the things that the things that couldn't go wrong. And some, when they, they bought the property, they didn't use an agent – yeah, yeah, but I, I lost my train of thought there. I'm sorry, I, you got me off back track. Back that tape, back that tape up. Uh, I know one thing that I've heard you say, and I've heard myself say, and we know trigger words, you know. So maybe somebody says something, and we have to dive into it. Like for instance, if a client says, "Well, my my mom just died. I inherited this property. I want to sell it." Well, you're going to ask the question, oh, "Did they probate the will?" Absolutely. And, and and those sort of things, and and if you try to sell it yourself or you're using a different agent, you know, maybe they don't know those things. And then you get it under contract, ready, willing, and able buyer. And guess what? Oh, we can't close. It's going to take 90 days to get this wheel done or whatever. So it's definitely, definitely helps to use a professional. We're talking about why I have a realtor, but, um, and look, I, I've looked at it. I see these signs. What is it? For sale by owner.com or something, you know, and, and I've looked on them. Heck, I've looked on them for listings because usually they're having problems selling it. And, uh, Scott, let me ask you this. Okay, so in the land business, maybe a little different, and, and what you do maybe a little different. Uh, today, I was meeting with a, a seller client this morning, working on listing a piece of property, and, and one of the things they said, I kind of giggled at whenever they told me on the phone before I got there, was like, look, we want to list well above, they just got it appraised last year. We want to list well above what it appraised, and I kind of giggled in my head and said, well, I bet you do. <laughs> you know, I bet you want to get more than appraised. Typically, and tell me if you do it like this, you may do it different. I, Scott and I do it enough, like in the housing game, it's a price per square foot in this neighborhood and this lot sell for this much and these houses sell for this much in this area. And in my world, it's land in this area sells for this much dirt value plus timber. What I try to do is in my head deal with, okay, 
this is what I think, professional opinion, it's going to appraise for. Then I put regular negotiation, if it's 5 or 10% on top of that. And so the goal is we try to get it on the market just above value. Everybody's going to negotiate. Everybody, it's just the way of the world. We're going to negotiate, and we try to end up at appraised value. Is that basically what you're going to try? We're going to get there one way or the other. Yeah, that's that's basically what we do. And in 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 my market, dealing with uh, residential property, uh, you, you're looking at basically a price per square foot on certain types of homes, and and then you figure up your land value with it. And you know you you have location, different types of things that affect that value. And what I was going to tell you too, when you mentioned the person that said, "Well, I want to list my property," you know, for well over appraised value. What happens is, is you wind up actually having to sell the property for underappraised value in the long run, because if you overprice a property in the very beginning, because you're going to get, usually you're going to get the most value out of that property in the first two to three months when you put it on the market. And if it stays on the market for a year or longer or something like that, people quit looking at it because they may see it over and over and over and over again. And it, it gets stale. I call it getting stale. And so if you price that property above the market in the very beginning, too high, it's a fine line right there. I mean, you want to put it right there above it or right on it or right in that range to get people interested, and that's when you're going to get your best offer. If you put it over and it sits there, then you're going to have to start reducing that price later on to get that to get it sold at that point. And people don't get market rust. People don't get excited about it. And I do this and this is, this brings up two points. One, this is what I, I, tr- I tell my clients, I said, this is the goal. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes I don't like yesterday. I just listed 78 acres in Wilson County. I need to be having an auction on it. That one showing today, two tomorrow. And the only reason Friday, cause I'm busy doing something else. It's got two or three Saturday. You want for that property to hit the market, social media, everything like that. And you want, for you to be showing that house at 8 a.m. and say, listen, I'm sorry to cut our tour short, but I've got somebody going to be here at 9.30. You want that excitement in the market. And then they say, I want to buy, you know, I'll give you 95% of value. Or I'll give you full asking price or whatever. Speaking of that, Scott, talk to us about two things. Tell us what the market has been like for you in the 2020 and 2021 let's let's we know what it was crazy in 2020 let's talk about 2021 is it the same or are you tell give us an update on that and then after that i want you to go into being that the market's so hot do you have any tips on people getting their offers accepted you know because a lot of times there's some multiple offer situations going on right now what do you have any tips that's worked for you lately yeah, absolutely. I, I will just say this. I think 2021 has been even crazier than 2020. Um, it seems like the, the there's a very uh, low amount of properties. The, the the supply is not very high right now as, as far as properties on the market. So you're dealing with high uh, a high demand of buyers and a low uh, supply of property to sell. So a lot of people, and I had a good example of this today. Uh, guy saw a property that I had put on the market. He he uh, he had lost two other properties prior to that. Uh, one was he just didn't offer enough money for it. The other one, I think he he had some issues with his agent getting the offer in in a timely manner. And so he called me. He saw the property hit the market. He saw called me, went and looked at it. And 
He made an offer, and he made an offer actually above the asking price. Uh, not a, not not way above it, but above the asking price. So in this market, and it's not always been like this, but in this market you have to come out and make a good, strong offer, especially if it is a hot property and it's something that a lot of people are wanting. And your agent should be able to tell you that and and be truthful. And a lot of times if, a, if an agent says, look, I've got uh, two people looking at this property today or three people looking at this property today, they think that's some kind of – of a marketing or sales technique and that we're trying to be to pressure them. And we're really not, not in this market right now. And so, um, the guy made the offer. You got that. That's, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is try to make your offer with, without a lot of contingencies, make it as clean as possible. Now that's not always possible to make it real clean, but if you can make that offer with uh, without a lot of things the seller has to do and make that make it feasible to that seller, that seller's going to more likely work with you. Even if your offer is a little less than what somebody might offer before, if if yours is maybe a quicker closing date, or maybe you're not asking them to do something that the other the other buyer may be asking them to do, they may go with you over that buyer for that reason. The third thing is is to make sure that your agent gets that offer into that seller as quickly as possible. And I, I would say that's almost one of the most important things because in a market like this, if you don't get your offer in quickly, by the time you get it in, they may have already accepted another one, even though if yours was better. So you got to get it in quick. It needs to be it needs to be within a couple of hours. If that, if you tell that agent, I want to make an offer today, they need to get it in within a few hours. And and that goes back to the full-time realtor, somebody who's aggressive, somebody who's good at their job is they know time is of the essence. And they can, if you chose the right agent, they'll be truthful to you and, and things like that. And, and something to think about when you're making an offer, you know, some people get frustrated. You ever had that happen? Like people say, Oh, it's just too much, too many offers too fast or whatever. There's two ways to look at that. Yes, it can be a little frustrated. Trust your agent in that standpoint because they do this all day, every day as a professional. And also, if there's a lot of people interested in property, guess what? That means you're looking at a good property. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a lot of people. And something I tell my clients, let's say they said, Slade, I want this property. Let's say tomorrow when I was showing at 78 acres, they said, I want this property. Slade, what do I need to do to get it? Typically, in a normal market, I'd say, all right, make a good, strong offer. Not a lot of contingencies, and let's get this thing closed. And, uh, you know, and, but right now, I would tell them, okay, how, I, I would tell them, okay, they'd say, do I need to make a full asking price offer? And yes, that is a great thing. Something I did, uh, I think, in 2020, I had a client buy a track for $1,000 over asking price. And it was listed at 925000 They bought it at 926000 And I asked them, I said, listen, are you going to be upset if you lose this property, we knew another offer was coming in. Are you going to be upset if you lose this property over a thousand bucks? They said, absolutely. I'd be upset if I lost it over 10,000 bucks. I want this property. I said, make it a thousand dollars over asking price. Don't put any contingencies on and you'll own this property. Cause I knew that the other agent was going to probably bring in a full asking price offer. Cause it had just hit them literally had hit the market that day. And, and so I asked them, you know, if, let's say it's a $200,000 house and somebody says, look, I want this property. It's whatever. Do the 
Take off any contingencies you can. Of course, if you got to have finance and you got to have a home inspection, your agent will tell you if these are normal things. Don't ask for too much. And peel off whatever contingencies you don't need. And then if you if 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 five hundred dollars is going to get you upset if you lose it over, guess what? Open your open your offer that much. Don't let a little bit of money in the long run, you know, out of your dream property. Because if this is a property where you're going to raise kids at or retire at or, or a recreational track that you're going to have your kid kill their first deer, your grandchild kill their deer, don't let trying to get the best deal mess you up. Oh, man, that happens to me all the time. I, it probably happens to you too, Scott. I get business people all the time that are so interested in winning the deal, they lose sight. What's the goal here? The goal is to get the property. Let's not try to win the deal. You apparently can afford this property you want in business or in life. Let's try to get the property and not have a pissing match. Well, and, and the thing about what what you're talking about is you know, and, and I know because we're in the business every day, we know what kind of market it is, and we know what type of strategy you you need to use for whatever market you're in, there may be a point in time. There was a time several years ago to where you didn't have to use the strategy that we have to use now. And, and you could try to get a better deal and you didn't risk losing the property because there wasn't so many people trying to buy it. So your agent needs to know that your agent needs to be smart and he needs to tell you the truth or he or she needs to tell you the truth. And that's one thing that you need to, when you're talking to an agent, we're, we're, we're talking about how to pick an agent today. You need to make sure that the agent that you're talking to is not scared to tell you the truth. Because I know a lot of agents that won't tell their client the truth because they're scared they're going to get mad at them. And if, if your client gets mad at you for telling you the truth, they just get mad. You just, but you got to do what's right for that client, even if that's not what they want to hear. So, we know what kind of market it is right now. We know that it is a seller's market. So we have to educate our buyers knowing that, and they are going to have to take a different approach, just like you're talking about the things that you're talking about doing, that you may not have had to do two or three years ago. And you, you think that's funny when Scott says the agent won't tell the truth. God, that happens so much. And we see it on the selling side and the buying side. Agents, because I guess they don't have a lot of clients or just afraid of controversy. I, I mean, I dealt with this this morning. It's, I told my client, I said, do you want me to, I said, you don't pay me to tell you what you want to hear. You pay me to tell you the truth. And so I told him exactly, this is what your property's worth and this is what it's sell for and this is how we can get there. You got to be a full-time agent and be confident in what you're saying to say that. And so we see we see selling agents a lot of time, they'll list a pocket way above value and you hear it in their voice. Well, I, I knew we listed it too high, but you know, they wanted to list it that high. Well, did you educate your client? That's your job to educate your client to what the market is. Now, everybody's different. Me, if somebody wants to list something just way above uh, value and unrealistic in a normal market, I, I, I probably will turn that listing down. I mean, Scott and I are in a point in both of our businesses where one listing tomorrow is not going to make us or break us. And we only have 24 hours in a day. And we won't, we're not interested in putting properties up for sale. We're interested in selling properties. So, Mr. Seller Client, I'm not interested in putting your property up for sale. I want to sell it. There's two different prices. 
Well, Scott, is there anything we didn't touch on uh, on here? New Ryan, you got any questions? You're going to be a new home buyer, you know, in the next couple of years, hopefully, if you can continue to making some money. So you got any questions for us? The man's just ready to get off work. He says, Slade, y'all talk talking. He, he's got to go to a little party later on or something. Or, or that's right. That's right. Hey, if anybody's looking for New Ryan in the next three days, don't try to call him. He's going to be on a bachelor party. Not his. But uh, but he's going to be on one, so we'll be holding the fort down. Scott, I hope we can uh, continue to sell property without our shining star over there. Yeah, I think we'll be able to maybe make it for a couple of days without him, maybe. That's right. New Ryan always makes vocal appearances in these podcasts. People are calling for him. You know, women have been all over there trying to get his social media. He's got a fan page out there. Y'all, y'all check it out, newryan.com. It's a, it's a thing. Well, thank you, Scott, for ha- on uh, coming on. And we, you know, I think we we've, we've talked about a lot of these things. It really is important to choose the right realtor to help you navigate this process. And look, this is not a selfish thing. I think Scott and I are both good at our jobs, but there's other good agents out there and in other markets. Do your research. Talk to people. Talk to the community. And just because you see people's signs everywhere doesn't mean they're doing a good job. Because guess what? If you see somebody sign all the time and it stays there, guess what that means? It's not selling. I see it all the time. I'm like, if your paint's wearing off your sign, I'd take it down. It's embarrassing. I see it all the time. So just because you see somebody signs everywhere doesn't necessarily mean they're the best agent for the job. Uh, do your research. I like to get three or four uh, properties at one sign. That's, yeah. that's if you if you get three or four properties out of one sign, you know you're doing good. That's right. That's right. You know, these signs aren't cheap. You know, we yeah. got we got to put more money into our marketing for our clients. So we try to get we sell a property fast, jerk that sign up, put it in the shade, and then put it on the next property. Well, Scott, thank you for coming on. If y'all want to buy a home anywhere in the Pike County, Amick County, Walthall County, anywhere in Brookhaven area, Scott can hook you up. Small lots, homes, any type of properties, he can definitely help you out. You. Can Check him out there at Southern States Realty. He's actually one of the owners with myself, and me and Scott came on at the same time. Scott, have you enjoyed being the owner thus far? Is that a big step in your life? Are you excited about that? I'm very excited about it. It actually hasn't really sunk in yet, so every now and then it's kind of funny. I'm at the office, and uh, I'll be doing something, and I'm thinking about how much money this is costing the office when I used to not think about that at all. <laughs> that, that is the truth. That or or I catch it when somebody else is doing a really big deal, like happened at the office today. I was like, huh, I, I like that. I like, used to be getting jealous, but now I'm not jealous. I'm like, right. yeah, I make a little bit of money there. So uh, it's been fun. It really hit home for me the other day when uh, we get an email every Friday about uh, company rankings and things like that. And, and we got that email, and it said our names on there. I don't know if you noticed that. And I was like, wow, people notice. We, you know, it's not fake. <laughs> no, we're, yeah. we're, we're really owners. But uh, thank y'all for listening. Uh, been a great podcast. We learned about how to be, how to choose your realtor. Very important topic. Uh, not sure what we're going to do next week. I think we're going to work on summer food plots with some backwoods attraction things like that. It is that time of the year. Turkey season's over. I did not get to go to the Missouri project up there. The baby's going to be here Tuesday, and I just couldn't quite make it up there. It was too risky. Ryan Wascom did to kill a turkey on our farm in Missouri today. And uh, he went and actually rode by the new farm. So we'll give you all an update on the Missouri Project here in a couple podcasts. But thank you all for listening, and God bless. We're out. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written review, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them. 
Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.